0: welcome to the six-figure event podcast here we get real about what it takes to build extraordinary wealth as an entrepreneur business owner and event planner we'll go places others won't diving into the nitty-gritty how-to's of events strategy sponsorship and marketing plus we have exciting interviews with those who've mastered their own craft and a segment called interviews with sponsors where we get the lowdown of what sponsors really look for when sponsoring an event. This is where we win the event space together. I'm your host, Alicia May, founder of Eventistry by Alicia, mom of two, lover of Saturdays, and I'm obsessed with creating phenomenal, profitable events. With a decade of experience, I'm here to talk you through those event roadblocks and even help you get out of your own way. Don't get stuck while planning, strategizing, and budgeting an event or retreat. Six Figure Event Podcast, I'm your wing woman. We're going to grow your business, your following, and scale your dreams one event at a time. Hey, and welcome to the Six Figure Event Podcast. I'm Alicia May, your host, and today we will be speaking to the lovely Dr. Destiny Kopp. She's a marketing consultant with more than 25 years of experience in marketing and online education. She really makes it her mission to help coaches, consultants, and experts succeed in online marketing. So I'm so glad to have you
1: here, Destiny. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much, Alicia. I'm so excited to be here today and can't wait to uh, chat all about events and online courses. Absolutely. So I'm really intrigued. I
0: want to know how you started. Maybe tell us more about your story and, and how you have that 25 years of, of marketing experience because that to me is just like you're, you're an expert now.
1: <laughs> 25 well, years. is <laughs> crazy. I actually hate to throw that number out there because it tells people how old I am. (laughs) No, no. You're
0: you're 35.
1: (laughs) I actually have pretty a long journey, and I'll kind of walk you through my professional career. And, you know, I got married right out of college. Um, I have an undergraduate degree in accounting, if you can believe it. And I was kind of... Kind of stuck in college and my undergraduate degree, and I couldn't figure out what to major in. I knew I want to major in business, but I went to my academic advisor at the time and I asked him, I said, what should I major in? He says, well, you know, if you stick with accounting, that's the hardest one out there and you'll be able to do anything in business. So I kind of took his advice and and majored in accounting and he was right. It was probably one of the hardest degrees that they had in the business school. And I worked in accounting for, uh, you know, just a little over a year and I, I realized this was not for me. And that's when I transitioned into marketing. So my background in marketing has been um, you know just a, a lot of different marketing areas, but mostly i 've focused on developing. And launching new products into the marketplace. So I worked for a Fortune 10 firm as a director in the marketing, and that was basic, you know, basically in product management, product marketing, and that's what we were responsible for. I did that for you know several years, and then I got a little bit more burned out in the marketing world, and decided that I really wanted to go into higher education. You know, I always really enjoyed helping people. With their careers and really just achieving their dreams. So I did that for many many years. I worked in uh, specifically online higher education. So we, you know, worked on online courses, and that's I did that for several years. Built a pretty large organization, and then I decided a couple of years ago, you know, I really want to take another turn in my career. And I always wanted to own my own business. So I really um, kind of looked at what my skill sets were and what I enjoyed doing. And that's when I kind of married the marketing piece and the um, online courses piece because I'd worked with online courses for so many years. And that's how I got to where I am today. And I absolutely enjoyed it. I love working with coaches and consultants and really just course creators and helping them get their message out into the world and helping them to um, you know, basically help more people
0: Right. I mean, that's amazing. I always think that online courses sometimes is such a big project because it's like, where do you start, right? So, what would be one tip if somebody is, at, you know, asked you what was the first step that I should take to to create an online course?
1: I believe in co-creating them with your ideal customers. So, what I always tell somebody if they come to me and they want to develop a course around one of their programs. And generally I'm working with coaches or even a consultant and they, you know, have this one-on-one coaching that they want to turn into like a group coaching program and bundle it in with an online course. So I tell them to find 10 of their ideal customers or around there and um, basically co-create it with them. So I, you know, they can develop the content, Every week, so like week one is module one, they develop the content and they drip it out to their ideal customers. They get feedback from them at the end of the week or whatever you know, whatever time frame they give it to, and do the same thing for their entire program. So, let's just say their program's four weeks, they do that for four weeks, and at the end, they have all this valuable feedback. They can, you know, make any adjustments, and they have this valuable asset in their business that they can go out and market into the, you know, marketplace. Right. Oh, that's incredible. That's a great
0: tip. I never thought of doing that with the, your target audience because then, you know, the feedback is there, the questions you can fill in the gaps. That's amazing. I love, I love that piece of advice. So, um, ask, let me tell you, let me ask you this. How do you think, online courses will add to the business in in general. And then I want to lead that into as well, an event. So how do you think it will increase the value of of your event um, and market that afterward?
1: Yeah. So I'll just kind of talk, you know, kind of talk to you about some possibilities here. And there's a lot of different ways, right, that you can structure the products and services in a business. Um, But one of some of the most popular ones are so somebody has one on one coaching, right, that they're doing. And then maybe, you know, they find at some point that they're limited in the number of people that they can help, and they want to expand their reach. So one of the options there is to offer a group coaching program. And in that, situation a lot of times what they'll do they'll bundle that in with an online course mm. um, so that they're helping more people they're increasing their community um, so so maybe they meet with their uh coaching program like every other week and they have you know in the middle of that they have the online course to reference videos worksheets workbooks whatever they have bundled in with that and you know that's another asset that they have in their business that they can market which, you know, that increases your community and, you know, the number of people that you can help. And then you can even take it a step further. So some of your best students, some of your best clients, right, from your group coaching programs or whatever, you can even up-level them more, right, into a mastermind where you take them on a special retreat or a mastermind event. And it's just a way to kind of extend the products and services that you are offering your clients.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love that. I love how you said to bundle them and to, you know, I've seen this happen before where there's a, there's a coach or consultant. She has a year long mastermind even, and then they even go multiple times to meet in person. So is that a possibility you think as
1: well? Oh, absolutely. There's many different ways you can structure it. I always like to get, I'm a big, I'm a marketer, right? And I've developed products and services. So I always like to listen to my audience and really understand what do they need and want from me and how can I serve them best.
0: Right, absolutely. So, what would be your advice if someone said, "Okay, great, I love what you're saying, Destiny. I love that. i um, I want to start my own online course. They have a group now. Um, what would you say is a good timeline of of you know either meeting before the event or sorry before the course is over? Is it after? Is it you know six months after? So, what would be
1: the good timeline to actually like host the event? I I think it's really I think it's individual to that person and what they're doing, so and how they're helping their audience, right? Uh, So let's just say that uh, I'll try to talk about some, you know, situations here. Let's just say that you're a business coach. And you, you take your, you know, take your group coaching program through a program. Maybe it's a six month program. Let's just say you're doing Mm -hmm. some pretty high, you know, some pretty in-depth coaching program. You want them to get some major results. Um, Maybe what you do is take them through that six month group coaching program. Right. Give them t- some time to implement what you have taught them in that program and what they've learned and maybe meet with them two months after that. Everybody get to be- get together an event and have that kind of that intimacy with that mastermind event where they can talk about it in a little bit more detail. But again, to your point, I think it's very individualist in terms of your audience and who you're helping and your program and how it's structured. Right. I mean, that's, that's
0: incredible. I love that. Um, You know, personalized approach to me is always, uh, you know, win, win. If if somebody comes to me and says like, when should I do this? I think it's really, like you said, up to the person. So, you know, if you're thinking of an event, it's definitely up to you to create and feel out and maybe just ask your audience, right? Ask your your group attendees or online course, hey, what do you feel about meeting up, you know, uh, in a mastermind in, in person. At, you know, six months after the, the course is over, or two months before the course is over. So that, yeah, that's a good yeah.
1: point. And, and to that point, maybe you have a, a group coaching program that goes all year, and then you have like four different events that you schedule throughout the year that are face-to-face touch points. So that's another right. option that they can look at if you, if we get the
0: four groups, you know, four, sorry, events that happen throughout the year, what kind of content would they bring forward? Would it be part of the online course? Would be different content? Um, you know, what kinds of things would you recommend somebody doing if they wanted to do an event within the course?
1: So I kind of look at the online course as supplemental material, um, you know, helping them, helping teaching them, right, what they need to know, but also giving them that supplemental material, whether it's workbooks that they need to work through, PDFs, kind of guides, if you would. In the event, I feel like um, it's more of an opportunity for them to get that personalized, kind of that face-to-face interaction with you as the host, you know, get some of their questions answered, and also to kind of feed off the other people, right, at the event um, and learn from them too. So I think to me, the events, the face-to-face events, and let's face it, we probably don't get enough of them in this right. online world. And I think everybody's kind of starved for them quite frankly. Right. Um, so, but I think it's, it's just more of an intimate experience. You know, I went to an event, uh, it was a one day event, um, back in January. It was, um, all about putting together your, your PR grant plan, plan. And I, it was just the, you know, just being there in person, having the host there, having her, you know, kind of work with us one-on-one on on our, on our PR plan and what we should do for the entire year. I mean, it was so extremely valuable and she had an online course, um, as part of the event where she had all of her supplemental material. So it was tied into the event itself. Mm, That's good. That's really good.
0: That's a great, that's a great um point and a great um, story. So um let me ask you this you you also do clarifying marketing messages, right? and optimizing sales funnels. That's correct, yes, right. So um, I get a lot of questions, too, about this, um, how to actually fill the the course or the group program. Do you have any, you know, kind of advice or tips on, hey, if somebody's just starting out in the world, creating um, courses, et cetera, how would you, um, you know, kind of say to somebody, this is what I think you should do? Is it personalized? Is there like a formula, blueprint? How would you say, you know, like how would you optimize sales funnels to really help you sell
1: that course? To some extent, it is personalized because I think everybody is at a different um, kind of place in their business, if you would. Um, I'm working with somebody right now. She's at the very beginning stages of launching her course, and um, she wasn't ready to really do a full-blown sales funnel. So she's just launching to her list. Um, you know, we didn't do Facebook ads or anything like that for her. She's, she's she's not, she's not doing a webinar. She's doing a five day challenge. Um, so she's just doing the Facebook lives for her five day challenge. And then at the end, she's pointing them to her sales page. And, um, I think that's a great first step. If you're looking to do baby steps for a launch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for somebody who might be um, a little bit farther along and they're ready to do that full blown webinar, that full blown uh, kind of sales funnel, if you would. And they're even comfortable kind of dipping their toes in the Facebook ads or Instagram ads. I think that's a great way. And quite frankly, long term, it's something you definitely need to do if you're gonna sell an online course or or fill up an event for the majority of the programs out there.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Now, is there, um, have you ever encountered people or your clients perhaps talking about not selling? So courses that don't sell, they've like, let's say they've prepped it all out. Maybe they haven't even done the research or what your great pro tip was like to include your audiences and they just create the course and it doesn't sell. Have you seen something like that happen?
1: So my clients, the ones I'm working with, they're going to go through that co-creation process. But I do know that there are people out there that maybe what they've done, they've gone out and without really talking to their ideal customers or doing any type of market research, they've created this, you know, full blown course. And maybe they spent months and months and months creating it and they don't understand why people aren't buying it. So, in those cases, what I always kind of coach and work with them on is kind of going back to the basics. Talk to your ideal customers, find out what kind of transformation they need to help them for. Because, right, people don't pay. For an online course and they don't pay, they don't pay for an event, right? Just to go to an event. What they pay you for or what they need from you is kind of that transformation. Like they're at point A today and they need to get to point B. Some type of pain point is in there and they want to know how you can help them move. So Absolutely. It it definitely can happen. And I've seen it happen. And I really just tell folks just to go back to the basics and talk to their ideal customers and find out how can they serve their market.
0: Right. That's great. I love that point. Now, are there any mistakes, um, especially with pricing? Because I know there's a lot of people that are like, how do I price this, especially if it's attached to an event? Is there any kind of maybe tip as well that you can help audiences? if they're going to do an online course group program and attach it to an event, what would you say would be a good price point? Or is there one even?
1: <laughs> um, again, I think it kind of depends. It depends on the market that you're in, right? And you, who you're serving and, and all of that and what you're delivering, right? What What is their transformation and how much value that is to them. And I do think there is Kind of steps that you can go through to kind of price out your products and services. Um, So I'll start with an online course. So I always um, kind of number one, I I want you to understand what your revenue goals are and how many courses that you want to sell or you need to sell or how many students do you need in your group coaching program or how many clients do you need in your group coaching program to to make your business sustainable. Right. Cause I think a lot of us when, and a lot of women are, yes. um, kind of, you know, <laughs> are guilty of this, right? We mm-hmm. underprice <laughs> ourselves and we're thinking, Oh, people aren't going to buy it. It's too expensive. They're not going to buy it. And the reality is people will pay to get results. They will pay for that transformation. So I think you need to make sure that you're pricing your products and services appropriately. And a couple other points that I always talk to people about, I walk them through how much does it cost you to find your ideal customer? There is a marketing cost there. Mm. For you to find your ideal customer, whether it's in your local market, like I'm in Atlanta, so for let's just say I was going to do an event in Atlanta, there is a cost, right, for me to find that ideal customer to bring them to the event. Nice. And a lot of people um, kind of, they don't understand what that is. So you always need to know what that cost is. And you also need to know what that customer value is to you. Like, so for instance, In a long-term customer value. So let's just say that you're going to, you know, bring them into your group coaching program. It's bundled in with a a course. Let's just say the value of that is $2,000. I'm throwing a number out. Yeah. Let's just say you can upsell a portion of those, right, to your mastermind event, you know, and maybe your mastermind event is $5,000. So the value of some of your customers, and you can figure out what the average is, might be, you know, Two thousand plus five thousand, and then you'll do some average there. So you need to know, like, if you're making, you know, let's just say five thousand dollars total on an average customer, you can spend some money on advertising to get them. Mm, got it. Yeah, do. that's a great way to to really, you know, figure that out. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of, again, too, but you know, just getting back to the Facebook ad portion. I think a lot of people that I've talked to either are really investing heavily on Facebook ads or they're doing completely organic. And is there a way, is there a kind of, again, advice that you would say to people if, should they invest heavily in Facebook ads or do they need an
1: audience before they do something, you know, like that? I think that you need to use Facebook and Instagram ads to grow your email list. So how many followers you have out there on social media is not going to translate to sales. How many people you have on your email list, however, will translate to sales. So you need to spend the money and it doesn't have to be a lot. So if you're just dipping your toes in it, it can be, you know, $10, $20 a day. But you need paid advertising and, you know, PR using other people's audiences. Those are the two best ways to grow your email list, which will grow your revenue.
0: I love that. I love that tip. I'm writing it down. (laughs) That's that's great. I think you know. Again, there's so much. There's so many myths about Facebook ads. Like, should we use them? Should we not use them? I mean, that's a whole other topic. But it also helps. um, You know, like you said, ten dollars a day isn't very much. But you have to put that budget aside, no matter what. You have to say, okay, I'm I'm going to stick to this strategy, utilizing you know tip A, tip B, kind of thing with the PR and the and the Facebook ads. So. I really love that because I've seen a lot of courses just kind of be stagnant. And I think maybe sometimes we're all, you know, maybe uh, uh, doing that, especially in in business. If we have one, like I have a course that's online and I'm not investing in Facebook ads. It's just mostly organic. So I think I have to rethink my strategy after this.
1: (laughs) Well, the reality is, right, your ideal customers generally not going to find you unless you go out and find them. That's just the reality of it so absolutely absolutely and so um let me
0: ask you one more thing uh, before we kind of wrap up here do you have any advice for somebody who wants to perhaps start something and has kind of very a lot of fear and anxiety with with
1: either online courses or an event so this is actually my favorite topic and i love talking about this So when we set a new goal, so let's just say our our goal is to launch an event in June of this year. You know, when we make a goal like that, immediately our brain kind of starts thinking about all the ways, right, that we're going to (laughs) fail. Yes. That's right. That's just the natural tendency. We're going to say, well, I don't know if I can. Feel my event, or I don't know if you know I can actually get up and present in front of people, so what I always tell people when you you set a goal like having an event in June when you st- your brain starts telling you about all those obstacles, just write them down, write them down on a piece of paper, and then I want you to turn those obstacles into strategies, so let's just say if you're worried about your, how you're not going to fill your event. I would say there's several ways you can address it, right? You can hire a coach to help you and kind of walk you through the process. You can, you know, one way to fill in a VIP, right, would be through paid advertising or Facebook ads. So you can get somebody to help you with that. So there's ways that you can take action to kind of work through some of those fears that you have. And that's what I always tell people to do. If you're worried about, let's just say you're worried about, I can't, um, I'm worried about if I'll be able to present right? And in front of my event. And I I don't know if that's the fear. I don't work with people who have events, but if that's your fear, then get a presentation coach or, you know, go to toast, you know, Toastmasters. I think that's the thing, right? (laughs) Yeah, that is, that is. Yeah. Go to Toastmasters and, and start practicing. So there's definitely ways that you can turn those fears into actions and strategies. And really that's how you grow. Yes. I love that point. That's a
0: great, great point. Um, just writing down your fears and, and really tackling them because I know in past, you know, clients or people that I've talked to, there's so many fears with events because you have to really, you have to show up, right? You have to show up in person mm-hmm. and then, you, you know, you've got people really right in front of you while you're talking and, you know, you think you're being judged and all this other stuff that comes up, um, with an event. So what if things go wrong? So I love that point. I think that's a really excellent point for, you know, the listeners. And if you are hosting an event, then, you know, I suggest you definitely take Destiny's advice and, and kick
1: those fears right in the butt right away. Absolutely. There's several ways you can go about addressing them and none of them are going to be wrong. Right. <laughs> exactly. So do you have any
0: last kind of piece of, of advice or last words you want to say, you know, just wrapping up the conversation about online courses and how it can grow your event?
1: I just think that, you know, it, it, just looking at, if you're looking at your entire service and product portfolio, kind of laying out, how can you best serve your clients? And Um, you know, from people who are just getting to learn about you to maybe more people, clients that have been around with you for a while, um, and kind of, you know, helping them on that customer life circle, if you would, and just work and serve them. Right. Absolutely.
0: Well, um Destiny, I love what you I love what you have to say. And I think that you're just such an expert and it's such a pleasure talking to you today. How can people get to know you and if do you have like resource available for people that want to visit you or a group available on Facebook?
1: I do. Um, probably the best way to find out more about me is my website. And my website is just my name, destinycop.com. So that's a destiny with an I at the end and then C O P P. And then I do have a course creators room Facebook group and you um, can just you go, uh, just search for that on Facebook and you'll be able to find it.
0: Excellent. Thank you so, so much, Destiny, for meeting with me today. And it was an, like I said, absolute pleasure talking to you. And I hope everyone will definitely take some great points from our conversation. Thanks so much, Alicia. Thanks for listening to the Six Figure Event Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and take the tools and tips and information from our guest speakers to help build extraordinary wealth as an entrepreneur, business owner, or event planner. Join us again next week for a new episode that I hope will continue to help you win in the event space.